What is up, everybody? My name is James DeFiore, and this is Blackballed. It has been a couple weeks since I have done a show, and I am so happy to return doing a show that speaks to my actual loins. And I mean that literally. Uh, it's Rapper Day on Blackballed. I was talking, and I'm not trying to name drop here, but it's relevant to what uh, we are going to experience tonight. I was talking to the DOC on the phone about a week ago, and and what we realized when I was speaking to him was that hip-hop culture is so interesting that the parallels that you can draw from people who embrace the culture, whether, in a, whether they are in a ghetto in America or in a suburb in Canada, is that at the beginning, it was really difficult to digest hip-hop music. Uh, for for my personal experience, and I and I'm pretty sure uh, my guest today will have similar experiences. I I grew up in Whitby, Ontario, which is about I guess 40 minutes or so uh, outside of Toronto, and there was no hip hop shows at all except for on Saturday afternoons when the Power Move show was on, uh, for example, uh, which was a Ryerson University radio show uh, hosted by Ron Nelson and then DJ X. And in order for me to consume hip-hop music as like a 13, 14-year-old kid, I had to take my radio outside into my backyard, pull up the antenna the entire way, stick tinfoil on the antenna, and then finagle it until I finally got a signal that I could deal with in order to listen to hip-hop music because it just was not a staple uh, among, uh, among radio stations back in the day. And today, uh, I, the guests on my show are, are it, it's really interesting because a friend of mine is one of the MCs. He's not with us today. We have four members of a group that's known as the Magnificent Six. And one of the reasons why I think this is uh, such a cool concept that they've embarked on is, be, is, is uh, multifaceted. One reason is, is because if you are a hip-hop historian, like I like to pride myself as being, Back in the day, even before I started listening to hip-hop music, you know, there was a, a certain vibe that sort of started to establish the culture. And it was these groups that used to battle each other in, like, the Bronx and in Brooklyn. And they were known as the Treacherous Three and the Furious Five and things like that. And they were crews. And they, they would be in an ensemble of hip-hop MCs and dancers and a DJ. And they would uh, basically rock parties. And they would, um, you know, intrigue hip-hop fans and, and, and provided kind of the underpinnings of what would eventually become uh, an established and cemented vibe uh, among, uh, among crews and that, that made up hip-hop culture. And this, I feel, and I could be wrong about this, but I'll ask uh, the gentleman when, that, when, I, when I bring him on, uh, I feel like the Magnificent Six... Uh, which is an ensemble of, of six MCs and a producer where I think that they are kind of both a throwback to when hip-hop culture was just be, becoming established and also a sort of bridge to the modern idea of what hip-hop has become um, because uh, their lyrics are dope and they are all really, really awesome MCs. So if you would please welcome to the show, and I'm going to try to get all these names right because there's so many of them. Please welcome Ill Tone. 
Shark, and Age to the show. Gentlemen, how are we're, we're we're trying to get skits on, but but he he lives in a basement, and and we don't know if his uh, <laughs> if his technology is going to work. But well, welcome to the show, guys. Thank um, you for having us. No, no problem at all. Excellent. I am I'm really kind of proud of you guys uh, as a Canadian hip hop connoisseur and 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 a consumer of hip hop music because of what I just mentioned. You guys seem to be uh, a, a, almost like a tribute to hip hop culture itself, but also um, kind of wanting modern listeners of hip hop to sort of uh, understand that lyricism is still an important facet of hip hop music. Shark, I'm going to start with you. Am, am, am I off base on that? Am I over romanticizing what I feel like you guys are trying to accomplish? Or is that a fair statement based on, based on what I've heard so far from you I guys? think it's fair. Um, I think it's kind of interesting. It's been very organic. Um, we came together as, uh, you know, skits kind of, I think, hit us up individually to do a song. Um, and from there, it turned out the, the first song turned out so well that we're like, you know what, why don't we, why don't we uh, take this a little bit more seriously? And we're all kind of established in our own careers, um, both musically and outside of music. And we all have very, very different backgrounds. And I think what we've found as our style is this combination of, of dope lyricism, but party rock and stuff. Um, it's fun. It's lighthearted. Uh, but you're still going to catch some really dope bars in there. Um, Darren uh, and Skits do a lot of the hooks. Um, Mr. D from the Salads and Skits, a.k.a. Iverson Black. I mean, both of them are phenomenal mm -hmm. lyricists and singers and musicians. So there's a real musicality, uh, I think, to what we're coming out with that I think is, is missing from a lot of lyrical hip-hop. And, and and Ilton, did you guys know each other before you embarked on this project, or are you? Is there is there a few of you that uh, were introduced to each other uh, after uh, Skits decided to sort of put this cast of MCs together? Um, we uh, Sharky and I knew each other, Age, and uh, I knew Skits. The only ones I didn't know was Nigel, Nigel, and uh, Mr. D. So I kind of um, we got acquainted with them me personally uh when we did our first song together move the crowd and uh, that's how we connected by new age a new shark and a new skits uh back then you know doing shows in toronto and and uh, the tri-city area and you're the lone american in the bunch is that right yes i am the solo americano i am the solo <laughs> american and uh all all star like your room age of Canadians, you know. So when they go to your house, are they like, what's with all the guns, Ill-Tone? You know, got me like drinking the black blue and playing A all the time. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's contagious. I love um, it. Age, where are you from? Uh, originally, I was born in Mississauga. I lived up north for most of my life, uh, north of Barrie. Okay. Uh, and then in my 20s, I moved to, uh, to, to Pickering, and then now I'm in Ajax. But uh, I met shark and i've known ill tone for for some time back in london days when we uh when i went to school for music engineering and production and um yeah i've known those guys for a long time and skits the same i skits only met a couple of times when i was in my 20s which is a long time ago and then we kind of got reacquainted um a few years back 
So what what is it that you guys? And I'll, I'll, I guess I'll point this to to Shark. What what are you guys um, hoping to convey as far as your music goes? Like, listen, I I, I have a uh, as as Ed Igel has told me many times, my backpack is on really tight. I am I'm a very like hardcore purist when it comes to the culture. I, I I'm I'm about the lyrics and the culture as much as I possibly can as a guest in this shit. But what is the um, what is the message or the brand or whatever the point that you guys are trying to make with the Magnificent Six? What is it that you want to convey to listeners? I think what we want to convey is, you know, kind of you know, you talk about hip hop's fiftieth. It's that hip hop is entertaining, that it's fun, that uh, you know, there's there's more to it than kind of how tough and how bad you are. You know, I'm a I'm a backpacker myself, so you know if you listen to my solo stuff, it's a lot more kind of traditional East Coast boom bap lyrical stuff. But uh, with the Magnificent Six, we're just having a lot of fun making fun music, and it's I think that that enjoyment that we're all having uh, throughout this creative process I think shows through in the music that we're making. Okay, I just want to give an update. Uh, Skits is still trying to join us but he's stuck in his basement and he can't figure out a way to get a workable internet connection um age let me ask you this are you are you are you planning on doing live shows with the magnificent sick or is it strictly a digital uh uh product right now no i mean we we discussed um over the many chats that we've been having to do some shows also to put out some vinyl um that's some physical because again we are old and uh, older and so we had appreciate, I'm a big vinyl head too. I love vinyl. I love physical media. So I think that uh, for us, it would make a lot of sense to do those live shows, present those, those physical medias to, uh, to folks to purchase. And Iltone, what, what is it? Actually, this is what I want to ask you. Um, as, the, as the lone American in, in the crew, what is the main difference, do you think, if any? Uh, is, is there a, a big difference between... Uh, American audiences and Canadian audiences when it comes to the style that the Magnificent Six is trying to portray? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, when I play in London or when I play in Ontario or uh, anywhere in Canada, um, I believe that the, the fans are more open to hip-hop. They're more, uh, they're more heads. It's like it's, they approach it like it's still new. Here... It's like uh, they get used to you. They're used to hip hop. Um, they're not so much, I guess. They're not as much of a head, you know. They are, but they aren't. But it seems like uh, the welcoming is uh, better in uh, Ontario, you know. That that's actually interesting um, because I'm sure Shark and Age. Like, uh, has any of you explained to Iltone what Screwface Capital? means <laughs> one of you go ahead if you haven't toronto is its own beast toronto is its own beast yeah <laughs> toronto is one of those places and uh I, I i've seen it as a as a person in the crowd and as a performer i used to do shows back in the early 2000s or whatever as a as a rapper but uh there was a even even if the even if there was like a really dope lyricist on stage you'd get a lot of this yeah <laughs> right just like and it was, it, I, I couldn't tell back in the day, and I still don't really know. It's kind of a mystery to me. Maybe um, Shark or Age, you can kind of chime in on this. 
it felt like we were kind of hip hop, not purists, but snobs up in Toronto. Like, like, it, like yeah. you really literally needed to like move the earth in order to get a reaction out of crowds. If you were somebody who wasn't a household name, did you guys have that same experience kind of up and coming when you were, when you were starting out? There's definitely a bar yeah. uh, in Toronto. And if you don't get above that bar, whatever the, wherever the crowd has set it, you know, it's always interesting as a performer. Cause you know, you're trying to work in crowd participation and whenever I do a show in Toronto, it's like, I don't want to put in too much call and response because there might be crickets yeah <laughs> depending, depending on how the vibe is going right. so i don't i don't want too much of that in my set uh, just in case it's not my best performance that's right uh, but yeah it definitely toronto is definitely its own vibe Age? it really is but you know yeah. it's, it's one of the most talented hip-hop cities on the oh, planet sure. in my opinion too. so they've got a right to be snobs yeah and i, I, rem- I remember way back when uh, i don't know if you remember the group again canadian uh, classics but planes of fascination mm. uh Me. They actually set me up with a show when I was like 18 years old at Planet Mars and getting in front of the first time being in you know, front of a crowd like that um, in the city of Toronto. And that was, um, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. Right. So um, you got those, that those dudes that wanted to throw shit at you. And then you had those, those guys that were really welcoming. So it was definitely, um, it was tough. And I think it still is. We're, I, I'm going to see if I can get skits in in a second. So skits, if you can hear me, I'm going to, I'm going to patch you in in a second. Did you guys see, uh, or even if you didn't, um, the, the play to record documentary? Were you guys play to record yes. people went Absolutely. back in the day? Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I had the director on recently, and uh, it was such a dude. I like the movie was so amazing. I wasn't even a DJ. I, I I had been to play to record maybe a couple dozen times in my life in the early two thousands and late nineties. And just watching that documentary, I was just like, this is fucking awesome. It just totally brought me back. Yeah. So do you guys have any memories of play to record and did that play any role in your hip hop sort of life cycle? Yeah, I, I remember for, for myself, not, not a lot. Cause I grew up in KW. Um, I was a Dr. Disc guy, mm. uh, downtown Kitchener. So that was my record store. Okay. And so it was, you know, a smaller version, not, not quite as connected, but I still got the same joy of, you know, going in and looking for something new. And that was a, you know, it was, there was no Spotify to check out a track. Yeah. You had to actually go make a purchase right. uh, and put 15 bucks on your on your hunch to see <laughs> if it was worth worth buying. <laughs> but I remember one of my, I still talk about it to this day, and I'll talk about it now. I I, I remember reading the source on Signed Hype when Wu-Tang was their, their artist of the month. And I, they just were, I was so fascinated by the concept of, you know, they looked crazy with their, <laughs> you know, the fronts and the masks yeah. on. So I went to Dr. Disc and I ordered the white label uh, demo for Protect Your Neck mm. at Method Man. And I, I, I tell everybody, outside of maybe a few DJs in Toronto, I think I was probably the first guy in Canada that had that record because it took three months to get it from New York. So it was a, but yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the joy of, of going to the record store and searching for something new and undiscovered, I don't think that ever really goes away. Okay. Age? Yeah, I mean, for me, I got, again, I was in uh, close to Barrie, so I would travel to play the record probably every other weekend. It's where I bought my first. Well, I should say I didn't, but my my parents did. Uh, bought 1,200s from there. Um, bought lots of vinyl. Uh, and again, from a kid from up north coming to the city and to a place like that, was uh, it was like a kid in a candy store. So it, yeah. I, I cherish it to this day, absolutely. It was a fantastic doc, by the way. 
Uh, yeah, it was, it was a dope dog. Iltone, did you have a place um, that that was sort of the same thing, like where where it was sort of like a, a central spot where DJs and just hip hop culture enthusiasts would go to buy vinyl back in the day? Absolutely. As uh, up here in Port Huron, it was uh, full moon. It was full moon that uh, the DJs would come up here, and uh, we would all travel to downtown. Plus, a lot in Detroit, you know. So yeah, Mary Melodies. Uh, was a big spot, and you had a couple other ones I was trying to uh, come to mind while you were, while everybody else was talking. But um, you know, Detroit is a large uh, vinyl collector because you know it's uh, also the home of uh, techno. So um, the, the DJs and uh, the wax was prevalent out there as well. Is it Carl Cox, the famous guy that's from Detroit? Frank? Yes, yes. Yes. Techno. Yeah. I, I, I threw raves back in the day and, and I was kind of thrown into the scene. I, I randomly met this dude and became his roommate and his roommate, existing roommate at the time was like one of the biggest rave promoters in Toronto. And I, I was just like, my first uh, experience in that scene was literally like, like going to parties that were featuring the world's top electronic music DJs. Like I didn't have like baby steps towards it. I was thrown into the deep end and it was, it was dope. So I got to meet Tiesto and Ar Armin Van Buren and all these guys that, that I didn't even know who they were. And, and I was kind of giving a crash course on that. But Carl Cox is one of them. I party, I did ecstasy yeah. with Carl Cox one time. Nice. I just want to say nice. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, the techno scene is crazy up here. It's, it's, it's it, it really is. Um, Sketch is looking like he's still having, <laughs> here, I just want to put this on because I think it's funny. Hold on. I, I can't even put it on. It says no video feed. I don't know what to do with that. Okay. I'm going to play uh, your, your single that just came out today. It's called Stardust. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to play the whole track, and then I'll come back uh, when it's over. Maybe Skits will get his shit together by the It's always the guys that is responsible. It's always the producers that can't get their tech shit together, by the way. I just want to let you guys know that. Um, but this is the Magnificent Six, and the track is called Stardust. Do you guys have anything? Is there any background to this track, or was it just like an ensemble track that you that that, that you guys that that skits produced? I, I was told by NIGL that you guys all uh, do your recordings um, independently, like uh, from your own homes, and then kind of like patch it together. And I I think the sound, um, I think that kind of creates a really neat compartmentalized sound that gels well together. Are you guys happy with the way that that is, or do you, would you guys prefer to be in the same studio together? Age. Uh, for me, I prefer that we were all be in the same studio together, but life is uh, it's not always that easy. So, of course, we're in different places around the world. And yeah. So we all have some studios and stuff, so we'll do it that way. But I would prefer, of course, if we did it all together, yeah. Okay. Well, this is Stardust by The Magnificent Six, and we'll see you on the flip side. One sec. Together we can be... Like a moose, 
size of jacket I wear killed a thousand goose. I was raised different, took the elevator while I floated. A mountain of a man, that's why I'm goaded. When you see the symbol, know the game is getting saved. I like to keep it simple while I'm racing through the maze. Together we can so dangerous. Thanks for lending me in. And you chose to be here. Together we can be So dangerous. Thanks for lending me in. And you chose to be Age ready to rock it, walk, space talk, extraterrestrial cosmic We're here so stay clear, bring that funk to your ears Surround or all around, you sound the god of me Let me volunteer my sentiment, it goes better when Six men light them up like butane or adrenaline No vitamin, no vitamin, then send them on their way, hold up So much more to say I-double-L-T-O-N-E So live and direct in the place to be My own shadow gets props standing next to me Cause I put in seats like a major D. How fly we is. Got a buzz over beats. Top six language. Pop, this ain't it. The bus from the start dust off the shoulder gets crushed like flakes of dandruff. Together we can be So dangerous. Thanks for lending me. And you chose to be here. Together we can be So dangerous. Thanks for lending me. MCs and mics in a hand, no stepping on toes. Respect all those with Niagara Fall flows. I spit cold lava till it froze. So happy that you chose to listen to these pros. Flows, vibes bumping through these bows. Speakers, speakers, buds, a box. Schooled from hard knocks, but always ready to rock, 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 rock. Nah, making it hot, but so deep in the vibe, they gon' love it a lot. Max six on your mind if you want it or not. Yeah, six of these guys and they calling us pops. Black done arrived and you already got it. Getting got was the block and all of the props. Yeah, that make you the man. You already lost, so just stay to the fans. We're the greatest y'all. Together we can be so dangerous. Thanks for lending to me. And you chose to be here. Together we can be We lost James. Oh, there he is. Whoa. What happened there? <laughs> Where'd the track go? <laughs> did it finish draft? Okay. Uh, I, I want to know. First of all, did the track just end now? Because I was listening to it outside. I walked cool. in and then you guys were sitting there. It just ended. Okay, yeah. just um, I, I want to know if you guys are, are like old school purists that hate modern hip hop or are you guys like. Because there's, there's, there's decidedly two camps. There's one camp that just can't stand anything new. Um, because mostly because the lyrics are, are, are not that great. And then there's the uh, the camp that's like, well, you got to give it to the new heads because we were the new heads once and we didn't like the old school stuff. Like, wh- wh- what are your guys' feelings on that kind of stuff? <laughs> Anyone can go first. Just jump in. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I seem to always talk first, so I'll <laughs> go first again. Um, <laughs> I'm of the camp that 
I only have so much time in my life to listen to music. And if I'm going to listen, the, the reality is there is a ton of really dope lyrical hip hop artists out right now. Like a ton. Give, give, give me a couple examples so that people know. I mean, it depends what you're into. Um, there's, I mean, other countries, like there's stuff coming out of the UK that would blow your mind. Um, let me just think, who have I listened to lately? There's some cats Lee, out of... Lee Scott. Lee Scott and Village of the Damned. Yeah. Very dope. Cult of the Damned, um, Jest, uh, Dabla. There's a lot of crazy artists there. And there's a Def C, Teddy Faley. And there's a Billy Woods and a Lucid from Arm & Hammer. Uh, there's... There's just so much good hip hop right now that, and it's not that I won't listen to anything modern. There's some modern stuff. The the JID the JID album I liked, um, but he's he mixes it up. It's very musical and soulful at the same time. It's not just straight trap beats and you know it's I don't know a lot of a lot of the pure trap stuff. It's a different genre. In my I opinion. like listening to, to to like. Um... I like it when people mix trap beats with uh, with old Rakim verses, for example. I actually yeah. like that oh, shit. Yeah. I think it's dope. You can float really dope on a trap yeah. beat. You, you don't you always land dope. on the kick, which is really interesting. It's, it's no. like you, you yeah. end up landing on the float. baseline loop or something like that, right? Yeah, you can well, float with it, which is fun mm. sometimes. Age. Yeah, for, for me, uh, I, listen, I appreciate all of it. I, I'm not a, I don't listen to a lot of the new stuff, um, especially the trap stuff. I mean, I, I'll view it but i don't really take it in uh for me i'm a, a huge west coast fan right heavily influenced by e40 um a lot of the gangster rap i was that typical white dude in the suburbs that listened to gangster rap that was you know that was my thing and i would just listen to it of course i didn't live it but i appreciated it right so were you one uh, of those guys that like fell asleep to regulate on a loop <laughs> yeah it, absolutely <laughs> i mean i those headphones were, were were bleeding off the ears right so um yeah. But but then you know Jedi mind tricks prof uh, you know there's so much there's so much great material that's out uh, and as you know Shark alluded to it's tough to listen to all of it but um, yeah I I appreciate all of it as much as I can it's really neat because um, and Iltone I'll ask you the same question but I just want to say that uh, I interviewed Sage Francis I guess like a month ago and in, he he sounds like you guys like there's such an appreciation among um some of us old heads i guess you would call us or whatever uh, about how um they their lives were transformed and their art itself like the 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 way that they approached the music themselves were um highly influenced by the lyrical content and and they became so um uh what would you call it like like they they wanted to to remain so faithful to the lyrics that it, it made them sort of go in a different direction but they were open enough to be able to at least be be uh, appreciative of the of the new shit. Um, and and listen, I, I'm one of those guys. I hate mumble rap. I I, I don't like li, you know little Uzi and I just don't like that shit. Right? Like it doesn't speak to me um, because even even the the hip hop that I didn't like back in the day, if if I knew that the lyrics were dope, then I would just say, oh, it's not my cup of tea. But the lyrics are dope. But sometimes the lyrics aren't dope. Iltone, can you can you? Correct me on that, or tell me if I'm if I'm right about that. Uh, no, I definitely feel you because I, uh, at work I get a large dosage of new music, yeah. a lot of auto tune, a lot of trap, uh, the concepts, what they're speaking on. You know, the beat could be real dope. You know, 
the beats could be real dope, but their uh, their subject matter, even you know, and uh, it's you know, drugs and rock and roll, basically drugs and hip hop and females, which I can get down with it if it's spoke if it's written right. You yeah. know, it just seems very repetitive. I think it's honestly, it's mediocre to me. It's not like, you know, you can be bad at rap. It's not terrible. It's mediocre, but people put it on a pedestal. I think it's because that's what the media is the only thing they're pushing. Mm. Um, are you guys, are you guys, I, listen, I know it's like really in the infancy stage of, of, of your group but are, are you guys is there any target dates for live shows like what do you guys have going on um skits by the way has like come in and out but but he's still in his basement and it's not working out so I, it doesn't look like he's going to be joining us but um let's talk about skits actually before i get into the live show stuff uh it, it feels like he was the straw that stirred the drink in this ensemble cast of mcs um, can one yeah. of you speak to how how he was able to like bring you guys together and 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 how difficult it was or how easy it was? Maybe I'll I'll go to you first, uh, Shark. Oh yeah, I'll take it. I mean, I think I've known Skits the longest. I think I probably they know him through me. Um, I, I've known Skits since I want to say grade ten ish. Um, my cousin uh, Dan Dan O'Bravo is a uh, the one who actually got me into hip hop in the first place. He's Scarborough head and I'd go down, I'd spend time down there. And that's where I met Skits. Uh, him and Suge were buddies of my cousins and they went to school together and same school that a lot of the guys from Monolith went to. So we're hanging out with like Nish and Corey and all those guys. So it was, you know, a really dope intro to hip hop for me. So that's where I met Skits and really fell in love with hip hop and, you know, never gave it up. And so Ill Tone and Age were guys that I knew that kind of brought the friends together. And then Skits brought in Nigel and D, who were guys that I knew a little bit um, from Pocket Dwellers and the Salads. And they kind of, they were friends of my cousin as well, to an extent. So it was all kind of, I guess, Skits. Then he had connections through me and then his connections. And it just, like I said, it ended up with one song for fun that turned out really dope. And we said, we were all in the group chat and we're like, we should do more. And so here we are. <laughs> I think we got like 12 tracks now. We're working on about 18, it looks like, just, just, in the SoundCloud. Just to big up skits for a second. Um, so I, I grew up with Nigel. Nigel was the place, Nigel and uh, and Sheldon, S-Love, rest in peace, S-Love, by the way, um, one of the dopest producers ever. Uh, I used to go to Nigel's mom's basement um, where Skits apparently is right now because we can't get a signal. Um, but I used to go to <laughs> Nigel's mom's basement and uh, and and it was dope because it was like my that was my that was like sort of like the birthplace of like the artistry of hip hop for me was Nigel's mom's basement with him and Sheldon. Sheldon would put on a beat. Um, he would never charge me, you know, for for the studio time or whatever. He'd let me leave with like like a demo, like a rough take or whatever. And, and it was really dope. But one thing Nigel did tell me today uh, when I was preparing for this interview was that uh, he, he, Nigel was like a really skilled freestyler uh, when we were growing up. He was like the guy in Whitby that, um, 
uh, and he often uh, used to refer to Whippy as like the mecca of hip hop in a sarcastic way, right? But like, uh, you know, he he was the guy that we all kind of considered to be a really dope battler and a really dope freestyler. And what he told me that I found really interesting today and kind of surprised me is that he uh, was invited um, to, I guess it was Scarborough or something, somewhere in the city where he first met Skits. And he said that he was literally humbled by the skill level that Skits showed on the microphone as a freestyler. And coming from Nigel, that must mean something because, you know, he, yeah. Nigel was so, so dope at the time. And, and and still is or whatever, but that but but just the fact that he was able to give such homage to Skits um, was really dope. We have uh, to replace Skits, who's still somewhere in the basement trying to find an internet connection. We have Mr. D. Uh, really Mr. We got uh, yeah. to replace Skits, who's still wow. What a delay! Ah! Really <laughs> 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 Mr. D. Was really What's up, buddy? Woo! Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. How you doing, I, Darren? What, what's what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good. What's going on, James? How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. So listen, uh, like, uh, like, uh, thank you for taking away that delay. I have no idea what that. Uh, oh, it must have been fault. the mic. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, was um, watching, I was watching you guys, and I forgot to turn that part off. Oh, that's okay, buddy. Like, yeah. listen, like, I've been talking to your your bandmates here. Give me your take on 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 this whole thing. I I led off this podcast by talking about how. Um, I, I'm of two minds of, of, of your band. One is that just being called the Magnificent Six uh, harkens back to like the Furious Five, Treacherous Three, and like yeah. a homage to like the underpinnings of hip hop culture itself. But you have all these dope lyricists that sort of put a modern spin to it. Give me your kind of take on what this group means and what you're trying to, to give to the listeners. Well, like the guy said, the group came together really organically. So, um, that in itself just kind of makes it just everything's everything that we're producing just sounds honest and it's and it's uh it's real and it's coming and we're all such different individuals it's 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 uh bringing a lot of different things to the table i just i'm i'm really excited about it all it's so much fun and i can't wait for all these tunes to just slowly be released <laughs> who's talking about dave zimba <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you guys like uh, willing to like, or have you ever? And, and this is just a throwaway question. I, I, I have you ever, or are you willing to like battle each other, or is it more like a cipher vibe if you all if you all get together? Anyway, I'm thinking it's a cipher vibe. This is cipher vibe. Enemies all. <laughs> <laughs> Tone, Tone, and I have had some fun battles, friendly battles over the yeah. years, but yeah. never, never. It's all still sharp and steel, though. Know, in the heat of the cipher. Yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. Maybe I should ask this. Uh, how many of you were actual battle rappers back in the day? Not me. Yeah. Not me. Not, not, not formally. I was. I did it before it was like an organized sport. Yeah. 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 Can, can I ask you? Let me ask you this. I, um, and this is another one of those things where Nigel would tell me my my backpack is on real tight, but I think he actually agrees with me on this. I don't know what happened. Um, but it really pisses me off that the definition of the word freestyle went from <laughs> off the dome, off the top of your head in the moment, to, oh, it's just a rhyme that no one's ever heard before. I find that second definition to be a completely bastardized version of what freestyle means. And can I just go around the horn, Iltone, starting with you? What is your definition of a true freestyle? Freestyle's off the top of the head. I don't know 
where the written rhyme came in at. Because I heard, I think even Curtis Blow said something about even a freestyle was written back then that nobody yeah. heard before. But to me, freestyles spontaneous off the top of the head yeah. right now, you know, like um, improv, like you're doing an improv. Yeah. You know, you do an improv series, they give them a topic, they got to act it out right there in the spot. It's sure. Yeah, I think to me, I mean, I know there's some like, you know, well-respected kind of legendary heads that will say, no, freestyle is just a verse that doesn't have a topic. Uh, can I but just say, can, let me interject for a second. Respectfully to those legendary heads, fuck you. Shark, go ahead. Yeah, if I stand on the stage and say, I'm going to kick a freestyle, everybody in the crowd thinks I'm coming off the top. Right. It's, that's the accepted definition. Nobody thinks, oh, he's just going to kick a random verse. They think I'm coming off the right. top, right? So. Age? I think it was kind of popularized by guys that can't actually freestyle. Thank you. Yeah. And wanted to put freestyle in their video and have people confused and thinking they were off. The Thank top. you. Go ahead, H. Yeah. Let, let, let's be honest. Not everyone's going to be a super nat when it comes to freestyling, right? So I think that for entertainment purposes, this is why you come and you get pre-written's where you're going to battle each other, and it's all for entertainment at the end of the day. But I agree, freestyling only is off the top. Darren. Yep. Hundred percent. The guy said it already. It's a, that's that's it. The, the freestyling is off the top of the head. You can't you can't be doing writtens. I would like to thank all four of you for the circle jerk because honestly, like, <laughs> because seriously, seriously, there's nothing that pisses me off more than when I see a YouTube video, and it's like, I, I won't, I won't. I, listen, I might interview these guys in the future, so I won't, I won't name, <laughs> I won't mention any names, but you'll see someone like post something you're like, check out this such and such freestyle and it's like that's a verse i heard off their album two albums ago this is not a freestyle and, and i don't understand why we can't just like come to listen i respect the craft of freestyling so much like it is a ridiculously complex yeah. and talented gift that some people have to come off with shit off the top of their head right off the dome that to bastardize that definition by saying that you can like um if you drop a verse that no one's ever heard before it's a freestyle you know where that comes from that comes from the the mcs that were out of their depth that had a written verse that no one ever heard before that they thought they could get away with during the fucking party where everyone was supposedly freestyling and they dropped it and everyone was like really impressed i i think it's a fucking fraud i think it's a scam it's a con like like where did it come from? This is why I'm such an old head. I, I just yeah. I, I don't understand. Like I, I need. You're not alone. I I got in an argument with a pretty pretty popular battle rapper Soulcon, uh, on one of his freestyle videos. He put a video up and it said freestyle, and then I'm like, this, that's not a freestyle. He's like, well, yeah, it's, it's a, we got into this semantics nonsense yeah. about what freestyling is. I'm like, you know, everybody that clicks that link thinks you're coming off the top. Yeah. So we're using semantics to try to pull one over on people. Listen, so, I, 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 I won a couple freestyle battles on the 88.1 show, the Power Move show. I beat Black Cat and some other person. And, um, and, and I had, a, uh, <laughs> I had a, uh, a prime of my freestyle career that started and ended when I was like 17, 18. Because I didn't <laughs> do it every day. And I knew yeah, that right. if you didn't flex that muscle that you weren't going to be that good. And so I never, ever claimed that. Like, I, I, I like ciphering. I like dropping verses that people are like, wow, those are dope lyrics. But I would never try to fucking front like it was a freestyle. Like, like that is, that's sacred shit. 
Like, yeah. like you can't fuck around with the sacred freestyle. Like, like, yeah. why am I so passionate about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, if I and I, if I'm in a cipher and I don't feel like freestyling, I'll say before I start, I'm going to kick a right. verse. <laughs> I throw the disclaimer out there, so there's no confusion. I'm not trying to pull it over. My favorite game used to be calling out rappers, where I would be like, um, that pattern that you just used, that rhyme scheme, I can tell that's not a freestyle. Because your eyes weren't darting looking for the words or anything. Like, fuck you. Like, that, like I used to get so angry at these people. Uh, you know, like, you got to keep, we have to keep, the, that's part of the culture. That's like an underpinning of the culture itself that you, that you got to keep pure. And, and tell me if I'm acting a little psycho about this, guys. But like, listen, the Magnificent Six, I am so, uh, listen, I, I, I am going to keep an eye out for you guys. Uh, Nigel is going to keep me apprised of all the shit that you guys do. I am I'm super proud of you guys. I, I'm happy that this type of shit is happening in Canada because I think it's good for the culture. And um, I want to really thank you for your time, and I appreciate you coming on Blackball tonight. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. We'll talk soon, buddy. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Okay, Magnificent Six. Listen, um, I really want you guys to 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 make sure that you tune into Blackball. I am going to make sure that I keep you apprised of everything that the Magnificent Six does. Uh, I'm really proud of those guys. Again. Um, you know, as a purist, I really appreciate it when people come at this game in a way that is uh, emotionally and and skillfully pure. It makes me feel like uh, like like oh, like there's a good uh, counter to all the mumble rap bullshit that we see today. And uh, and I appreciate the guys for joining us uh, in about 12 minutes. Casual Friday is going to begin. And we'll see you then on Black Ball. Thanks, everybody. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. 
and Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. <laughs>